So I want every kindergartner to fifth grade to come on up here and sit on this platform. Balcony everywhere, kindergarten to fifth grade, come on up here. We are going to have some fun this morning. Guys, this is a very unique Sunday. We are not going to have a regular sermon. We are just going to have this time with the kids, but I think you're going to find out there's plenty of meat in this message. So you can listen on as I tell the kids a story. So today, I have got two books in my hand, and I'm going to talk from both of them. Does anybody know what this book is? Bible. Hello. Okay. Now, this is the second book, and it's called The Bear That Heard Crying. This is a true story that somebody made into a kid's book. It's by Natalie and Helen Kinsey. They were looking in their past, their ancestry, in, they were originally from Warren, New Hampshire, and they found this story in the archives of their family history. So this happened in 1783, and it happened to, listen to this, their great, 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 great aunt named Sarah. So we're going we're gonna to tell, tell the story in the, in, in, within this message. All right, so, but our scripture that we're going to start with is from Luke chapter 15, verse 4. And you guys can see it there, and, and everybody else can see it up here. Jesus is speaking. He says this, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your incredible love, not just for us, but for everybody. Father, would you speak during this time? Would you help us to grasp who you are and what your heart is and help us to join you in your seeking of lost people? God, we love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. So, there was this guy in the Bible named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was kind of a scoundrel. He was the chief tax collector, and the way he got rich was by cheating other people. And so he was leaving, uh, living a very dark life, but he heard about Jesus, and he heard specifically that Jesus was the friend of sinners, so that even when people weren't good, Jesus was still their friend. He's like, I've got to see this. The problem was, he's really short, and he couldn't, he couldn't see over the heads of the people in front of him, and nobody would give him a place because he was such a mean guy. So he climbs this tree, and sure enough, here comes Jesus and his disciples, and right when Jesus gets under the tree, he looks up, and he says, Zacchaeus, did you know that God knows your name? God knows everybody's name, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. Today, I need to have lunch with you over at your house. 
Now this made everybody upset, the disciples included, because Zacchaeus was a bad guy, and to have somebody over to your house for lunch was a way in that culture of saying, I accept you. And so they started grumbling to one another, this should not happen. And when Zacchaeus got to the bottom of that tree, he probably heard the grumbling, and he turns to Jesus and he says, Lord, if I have cheated anybody, I'm going to pay them back four times what I cheated them. I have done wrong, and I want to follow. Did you guys know that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance? It makes us want to be good when we experience God's kindness. Okay, so they get back to the house, and he says, this, this, this man is also a son of Abraham. He's part of the family. And then he says this line about his mission on earth. Here it is. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. No one has a problem if God forgives people that come and say they're sorry. But Jesus said, I'm not just here to welcome them back if they come. I am here to go after them. I want to look for them. I want to find that one. I love the 99 that are serving me. But I'm going to go after that one that is lost until I find them. And that brings us to our story. So, here is the story. So Sarah Witcher was three years old when this happened. Her mom and dad were going to go, it was Sunday afternoon, and they were going to go to their aunt and uncle's house because they had just had a baby. And they wanted to go see the new baby and welcome the new baby. And Sarah, Sarah wanted to go too. Can I go? Can I go? Can I go? And mom and dad said, no, honey, you need to stay with your older siblings and we're going to go. You stay here. And so mom and dad leave. And guess what? Sarah wants to go still. And so instead of going back home to her brothers and sisters, she starts following mom and dad at a distance. And there, there is a, book, a brook called Berry Brook that the path went along. And so she was just following the path that mom and dad were on. And then suddenly she saw some flowers and she started picking flowers and she ended up getting caught by the, by the thorns. And, and, and pretty soon she looked up and she didn't know where she was. So here's what's happening in the meantime. Mom and dad, mom and dad come back from the aunt and uncles and said, where's Sarah? And they're like, we thought Sarah, we thought Sarah was with you. We thought you left her at the aunt and uncle's. We don't know where she is. And they realized, oh my, Sarah is lost. So they started looking. They started looking. They looked all night long. They never found her. The next morning, they called all of their neighbors and all of the neighbors in the county. It was a full-on lookout. Everybody was going through the woods. They looked for her for three days. The closest they came was they found tracks, Sarah's footprints or a little kid's footprints with a bear paw next to it. And they said, you need to accept the fact that your daughter is dead. Your daughter has been eaten by a bear. And they said, we, we're going to look one more day. We're going to look one more day. So it's the morning of the fourth day. I'm going to show you the picture. So this guy comes 
This guy comes to the door. He's from the county next to it. His name is Mr. Heath. He said, he said last night, he said, I had a dream. And in this dream, I, I, I had the same dream three times. Same exact dream. He said, and I saw that there was a bear guarding your daughter. I know where she is. I saw the specific place where the pines and the rocks come together and she is there. And, and Sarah's dad said, forgive me, sir, but I don't, I don't really believe it. <laughs> but we're, we'll do it. We'll, we'll go there. But I, 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 I'm having trouble believing that this happened. So they go to the place and there is Sarah. And there are bear prints all around her. And Sarah tells this story. She said, I, got, I knew I was lost and I got cut and I was crying. And she said, and suddenly this big black dog came out of the woods. This big black dog came out of the woods and started licking my wounds. And at night, this big black dog would lay down and let me sleep on it every night. And that big black dog stayed with me every single day. In fact, the big black dog was here until people came. And then it went back into the woods. Well, Sarah's mom and dad were so happy that they had a massive party. And they invited the whole county and they celebrated that Sarah was back home. Now, I'm going to give you guys four things that are really important about this story that God wants us to learn. Number one, people that are not with Jesus are lost. They are spiritually lost and somebody needs to look for them. That's number one. Number two is this, is that that bear is kind of like angels today. God has assigned an angel to every single human being when they're born, but angels can't preach the gospel. That's not their job. They protect people until we get there to preach the gospel, just like the bear. You can't imagine the bear saying anything, can you? The bears don't talk. Bears, but that bear was there on a mission to guard Sarah. And, and angels guard people and they protect people, even people that don't know God, even people that don't love God. They, they guard them until you and I get there to tell them the gospel so that they can be found. Okay, that's, that's two. Here's number three. Number three is this. No one knows where people are hiding or where people are lost at, except for God. God wants us not just to share his heart for lost people, he wants us to walk close enough to him so that he could show us where people are. People get lost in all kinds of places and, and they think no one sees them and, and so they need one of us to come and say, listen, God sees you. This, this is what's going on in your life. And God has a revelation of where people are lost at, and he wants to share that with us. And number four is this. Jesus said at the end of Luke 15, at the end of this story about the shepherd finding the sheep, it says when he finds that sheep and brings it home, he said that he has a huge party. And then he said this, when one sinner 
repents, there is more joy in heaven than 99 staying righteous. God loves all of us that are with Jesus, but the reason why we're still on this earth, the reason why we're not in heaven right now is because there are still people away from Jesus and God wants them all to come home. He won't force them to come home, but he wants them to come home. So we need to share his heart and we need to walk close enough with him so he can help us see where people are so that we can help everybody come home. Now, I'm gonna tell you a story that happened with us. When our kids were small, we, had, we were in Minnesota at a church in Minnesota, and we had a speaker come to our church, and we needed to pick this speaker up at the airport. So the Minneapolis airport is a massive, massive airport. We picked up our speaker, and then she wanted a coffee. So we're waiting in line at Starbucks. And Alice says, Tom, where's Bethany? Bethany was our two-year-old. All, we, we've got four kids at the time. Bethany's two Christine is four, Annie's six, Matt is seven. And I'm like, I thought, I thought Bethany was with you. And all of a sudden we realized, oh my, Bethany, who had a tendency to wander off, is now lost at the Minneapolis airport. And so I, I am just like, oh my, we have got to find Bethany. We have got to find Bethany. All of a sudden, Bethany being lost became more important than coffee, than food, than having a speaker at our church. Everything was about finding Bethany. So I went one way. Alice took Christina. Christina was really too young to look for on her own. Matt and Annie, we, they were old enough. They can help look. They're going one direction. Our speaker we send on another direction. Look for a little girl that looks lost. Anyway, so we are... We are going to the highways and the byways of this airport. And all of a sudden, I see my little two-year-old walking away from everything all by herself. And I went and I scooped her up and hugged her and brought her back. And there was tremendous joy in finding her. Now you say, Pastor Tom... Why was it such a big deal? You had three other kids. Isn't that good enough? Isn't that good enough? You already got three. Can't you just celebrate that you still have three? Guys, that's not how it is with parents. When, when one is gone, your heart longs to... It's not that you don't love the three that are still in. It's just that you long to have that fourth one in. And this is God's heart for the human race. God absolutely loves you. God is for you. And, and most of you have already become his child. But we're doing a series upstairs called Becoming Friends of God. And, and what we're learning is just because you're a child of God doesn't mean you're a friend of God. What a, huh? Jesus is your friend, but just because you're his child and you love him and you need him and you believe in him, doesn't mean yet you're, you're his friend. To be his friend means you have to be concerned not just about what's on your heart and what you want, but you need to be concerned about what's on his heart and what he wants. And God want, God's heart is for lost people and he wants us to join him. So this is, this is uh, Matthew chapter 9, 37 to 38. I promise you we're almost done. 
This is Jesus speaking. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, I'm going to send you guys back to your seats with your parents. I am going to, I'm going to tell them, but I'm also going to tell you why there are so many lost people and so few people looking for them. I'm going to tell you the answer to this in, ju- in just a moment. So I want, even though you're going back to your seat, we're, I'm still talking to you, not just to your parents. Okay. All right, go, go, give my hand. So why, why are there so few workers? There's, there's a great, great harvest. There's Everybody that that you work with, everybody that you go to school with, everybody that's in your family, an extended family, every one of them God loves and Jesus died for, and they are part of this great harvest. But why would there be so few people looking for so many that are lost? Great question. I'm going to give you two reasons why that is the case. Number one is this. God doesn't draft people. You have to volunteer. Well, I'm, you know, I'm here. God's got my address. If he, if he commands me to do something, I will do it. And guess what? That's, God won't, he won't make you do this. It is a tremendous honor to join him in his heart and in his work. It is an honor to be used by him. And he insists that we volunteer. He won't, he won't force us. So if you're going to live your Christian life just about you, just about your needs, and God help me, help me, and just about me, and, and just kind of ignore the fact that there's lost people all around you every day, um, God will let you do that. He's not going to force you to be in. You're going to actually have to say, God, I want to help you with the harvest. I want to know your heart. I want you to share my heart. And I want to walk close enough to you that you can even give me dreams of where people are hiding or where people are lost at so that I can find, help you find them. So that's one. God, God will only take volunteers. You will actually have to say, God, I want this. I, want, I don't want to just be your child. I want to be one of your friends. I want to share your heart. I want, I want to walk close enough to, to help you. So that's one. Here's number two. Second reason why there are so few harvesters is it turns out that it's really hard to find people. It turns out some people, you could say they're lost, but it's, it would be more appropriate to say they're hiding. They've heard about Jesus. They've heard about his love. They've, they've been to church and they are, they are hiding. They are hiding from God. John 3, 19 says this. This is the judgment that light has come into the darkness, but men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So, so light has come in and found them and here's Jesus and you are a sinner and you need to be saved. And they're like, uh, no, I don't want that. I don't like you. In fact, as Amy said, I hate you. Stop being so happy. 
and stop being so filled with God and stop reminding me that there's something else other than the life that I am living. Please leave me alone. And what happens is people oftentimes, when they first become a Christian, they get it. Uh, God loves me, but he also loves you. And so I'm gonna talk about my faith. I'm gonna help other people. And then they get hurt. They get hurt, especially in Madison. You find out, oh, people don't wanna hear about this. People don't want to come to Jesus. People want to be left alone. And so, all right, I, you know, I don't, I don't need persecution. I don't need to, for people to gossip about me and betray me and, and hate me. So I'll just, they're doing their thing. I'll do my thing and uh, whatever. Well, here's the problem. Even though they've said no to God, God didn't take no as their final answer. Listen to, listen to Luke 15, 4. The good shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one that's lost until he finds him. He doesn't stop looking because it's hard. He doesn't stop going after them because it's difficult and because they're resisting and because there's wolves around them. There's, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And Jesus says, I want you to keep looking. I want you to keep praying. I don't want you to give up on that friendship. But Lord, they said they hate me. Yeah, I know, but I love them. And so I want you to keep loving them. I actually want you to forgive them. And then I want you to make dinner for them. Lord, I don't want to make dinner for him. I, this is, you wanted to be used in the harvest. I want you to do this. I want you to extend my kindness. Here's how it works. Isaiah chapter six. God reveals himself to Isaiah. God, Isaiah has an encounter with God. And, and he gets forgiven and he sees his sin and, and it's really powerful. And then he hears God say this. Who will go for me? Who who will join me in what I'm concerned about? And he says this. Here am I. Send me. He he signs up. He's like, I'll I'll go. I'll go for you. And then God says this to him. (laughs) You can read about it in Isaiah 6. He says this. going to be really hard. People aren't going to listen to you. People aren't going to like you. It's going to be difficult. To you, it's going to feel like you're not even making a difference. But I'm still sending you. I'm still sending you to carry my love, to carry my beauty, to carry my power, to to be part of looking for the human race. 